right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Third Person Podcast. Uh, I am Chris Milhouse, joined by, as always, with my co-host, Daryl Hammond. How are you, Daryl? Hola, Chris. Como esta usted? Estoy bien, gracias, y tú? Someone hit the SAP button on Daryl somehow. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. But uh, I'm happy to be here. Happy that we, uh, we've got a great podcast, man. We've got a great guest today, and we're getting uh, great feedback so far on the podcast. Uh, I want to let everybody know we appreciate all the comments and likes and downloads, and uh, please give us a good rating if you uh, enjoy anything we talk about, and please download, subscribe. Uh, and also follow us on social media because we try to post about our guests and uh, we're going to post some funny videos coming up. So that'll be good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a great weekend this weekend was. Uh, we just, uh, we, we do release these uh, uh, through Zoom, by the way. So the audio isn't always the best, but we release them a couple of, usually about two weeks after we record, just so the listeners know sometimes. Uh, and so sometimes we're talking about right now, Labor Day weekend. And, you know, and when this hits the the airwaves so to say we it'll be about two weeks past labor day but uh how was your weekend daryl did you do anything um i uh goofed off i was uh <laughs> in pursuit of gluttony without the effects of gluttony meaning i wanted to overeat and um i wanted to eat and drink everything on the west side but you know without consequence but it was it was i ate a little too much okay yeah, hey, hey, you know what? It's sometimes, uh, look, this is, we're in a pandemic, okay? Nobody's here to judge you. Yeah, I mean, I one day I just said, you know what, fuck it. I was getting ready to have like an avocado salad with fucking sprouts and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what, fuck it, cancel that. Give me the nachos. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just need the fucking nachos. I think you man. do. It just helps your... You just got to boost your mood up a little bit. And you're like, yeah, sometimes I don't feel like eating healthy. I eat healthy most of the time. But now, you know what? Let's go for it. Yeah. I, I, I did my Island of Dr. Moreau. There you go. My <laughs> Brando. <laughs> I, uh, I actually I went on a date this weekend. Uh, for those of you listening, I am what? I'm a single dude. And uh, I tried uh, a socially distanced date. Uh, going on these dating apps and man and these, you know the dating apps are wild like i used them years ago and then you know i i was off and now i'm back on and um the thing about with these dating apps is that it's it's kind of a crapshoot man you know it's hard to tell if you're gonna have chemistry with somebody just by looking at their pictures and so you know it, the date didn't go bad it was it was good it was just uh it, it's just a little strange because you know you go to hug each other when you meet each other and you're like oh wait i can't because there's a fucking virus destroying everything and you don't, you don't know, you know, you don't want to, you know, unknowingly give it to them and they don't want to unknowingly give it to you. So it's, it's what is, and what is it like to go on a date when you know, then with COVID in mind, there's really no possible way you're going to hook up. No, it's weird. It's definitely different, man. Like I, uh, you know, we ended up, uh, we had some drinks and uh, I got a little drunk and I didn't mean for it to happen, but they were pouring strong drinks at this place. And, you know, at the end, I like, I was like, hey, can I give you a hug? Like, I've never asked, I mean, I always ask permission for when I like, touch a woman, just to be clear, but um, I, yeah. uh, I, I just felt so weird saying, can I hug you? Usually you just kind of like go for a hug and you're like, okay, bye, you know, you know, but it just felt so awkward, you know, and I was like, I, you know, 
it's weird going into a date now and knowing like, okay, so like if I do want to hook up with somebody, like we have to kind of establish that almost before the date starts, or we have to really be like, Hey, have you been tested for Corona? Have I been tested for Corona? Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, do you have STD? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's very awkward time. And, and, and it's just a weird thing to be single during all this. I don't know, man. Um, my friend, yeah, I think my friend Kathleen is totally platonic friend, friend from years ago. I ran into her recently and. Oh yeah, that's right. She was going to, she was going to come up here. Yeah. Down by the park and she was going to come up here today. And then she thought, I mean, should we do that? Or we were outdoors, but are we going to go into your apartment and wear masks and shit? I mean. It just seemed too weird. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's strange. I mean, you know, you have to do everything outdoors. I mean, because it's it's a little bit safer to do it that way rather than be inside and you know just in case there's any coronavirus in either one of your systems. And I don't know, but it's uh it's weird, man. I mean, these dating apps just feel weird to me. I don't know. I have you you know have you ever used a dating app? Like I don't. I didn't do an app, but I, there used to be a a thing they would put out in Hell's Kitchen. Um, that would have single, you know, ads oh, yeah. for singles. And uh, I only went on one of them, and it was so, she was like, but you don't look like Bill Clinton at all. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> that I played him. But you don't look like him. I'm like, okay. It sounds like she was from Long Island. She was very disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, oh, just, just such a disappointment. You're like, then what, can we, where do we go from here? Yeah. I'm a disappointment the second I showed up, <laughs> as I suspected I would be, you know, because I, I, my self-esteem is not great. My either, my friends. Usually uh, I am used to disappointing women in bed first, but uh, beforehand, that's a whole new thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know, man. These dating apps are strange, and uh, but I, you know, I did end up writing a silly joke from it because they're just they're so kind of dumb, and so they have this. I'm on this app called Hinge, and Hinge is uh, it's more of like if you want to date, like you want to find somebody to be in a relationship with, kind of thing. It's geared towards that, so I think. And uh, they have they have these prompts. They ask you questions that they want it, that you publicly answer, so people when they look at your profile, they can see, you know, these these prompts and then your answers to the questions that they ask so the prompt was uh what's the riskiest thing you've ever done and every single woman I'm, i've come across probably like at least 10 women if not 20 plus women on these uh, uh on their profiles that have, that have that same question prompt and all of them answer the same way they go oh i, w- I just picked up and went to europe for six months by myself backpacked around like are you fucking kidding me who's fucking doing that Who's just like, yeah, fuck it. Let me just quit my job and just go for six months with a backpack, backpack around. Like, I, I won't even go to New Jersey by myself for a day. You know? Oh, my God. Have you met – I mean, do a lot of people do shit like that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I guess so. And so, like, this is, it's just – it's wild seeing all these dumb questions and having to, like, look at – you know, everyone has the same answers, too. Like, they have these dumb prompts that will say – I'll fall for you if, and then you have to answer that. And literally everyone has the same answer. Like you trick me like, okay, great. Hilarious. Can we move on? I mean, fucking Christ. Like it's. And do you ever just say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to a rub and tug. 
Yeah, I, fuck this shit. I mean, I should for fuck's sake. Uh, fuck this, this, shit. this pandemic has gotten me cabin fever. So uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's weird. I I've actually I've gotten bored with these dating apps, so I've started just responding with funny um, observations on cer- certain pictures or s- certain things. <laughs> like there was a uh, there's a picture of a woman in front of a waterfall, and she said like her caption was like. Um, like the, you know, dating me would look like this, and I was like, "What? You're always wet, and tourists come to look at you." And it's something stupid like that. I don't. It was a dumb answer. I mean, please, you know, bear with me. I'm not the funniest dude at all times, but I did. I, you know, I, I felt frisky and wrote back something stupid like that. Shocker, she did not match with me or respond. But you know, like this is what it's come down to. I'm getting so bored with this kind of shit where I'm just like, let me just kind of be a, a weirdo and 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 be funny on these things and see what happens. And maybe somebody will appreciate it. And, and yeah, and, and so on a day like that, you you go someplace where they say things like <laughs> hot towel, hot towel, hot yeah. towel. <laughs> Want a hot towel? Uh, yes, I think I do. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's very strange. I don't know. Uh, I mean, in, you can't even like pick up people in person anymore. Everyone's wearing a mask. You don't know who's hot and who's not. And you know, like you just you're like, all right, well, she's got eyes. I guess that works. You know, like it's it's odd. It's an odd thing. Like you know, do you take your mask off to show somebody, hey, look, I'm attractive, and then put it back on? I mean. I have all these weird thoughts in my head when I like, you know, I see somebody, I'm like, I think she looks pretty hot. Like, I wonder if I could hit on her. And then it would be weird though, because we're all both wearing masks. We don't know what each other looks like. Yes. It definitely hurts the mating game. The mating game is, um, it's just so fucking weird. It is walking around with people and you don't really, it's strange, you know, to not know what someone, not to be able to see what someone looks like. And, like when you're talking to a stranger in the street and they have a mask on, you can't really see what's going on in there. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I feel like I'm, this whole thing has made me creepier. I mean, I've talked about this on stage a couple of times, but this is a true story. Last week, there was a woman that was sitting or standing next to me waiting for the subway. And uh, she looked like she was attractive. I have no idea. Cause she's got a mask. I got a mask and I had my hand sanitizer out and I was putting it on and she's just staring at me. And so I just looked at her and I go, you want to squirt? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, never mind. That just came out so fucking bad. I'm surprised I didn't end up with you in plastic handcuffs. Well, yeah, I was. I think she probably was like looking around, like, oh my god, is there cops? Can I call somebody? Like, this, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she walked a little bit farther down on the subway platform. I was like, it's cool. I literally just turned away and I started walking the other way. I was like, I, I, I know what I did. I'm sorry. I was inadvertently creepy. <laughs> but it was an honest mistake. It was. I mean, I was just trying to be nice, and then uh, I came off a little creepy. You know, that's that's the story of my life sometimes. I'm, you know, the lack I mean, of it kind of, it kind of creeps me out, and uh, I know you're a nice guy. <laughs> good. I cre- it's just good that when you fun- creep out your guy friends, too, you know? You know, <laughs> it's just that fucking word. Yeah. Yeah. You want to you wanna pump? You're like, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Hey. Yeah. If anybody has any good dating advice, feel free to send it my way. You know, I mean, we should uh, we should have our uh, our comedian friend. His name is Jared Freed. If anybody knows him, he's the relationship guru. If you say, if, if I could so call him, and he 
he's a great funny comic, but he he's like the uh, expert on a lot of these dating apps and dating advice and stuff. So one of these days I want to bring him on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, it's all kind of a crapshoot, my friend. <laughs> Too weird. Yeah, I mean, not not a whole lot we can do these days. Uh, so you know, you just swipe on the apps and you hope that you can go on you know these dates and you got to sit outside and you know they. If you get up from the tables that you're at, you got to wear your mask and, you know, same thing, you know, anytime anybody goes out to eat, it's all, it's all just strange to me. I don't know. I'm, uh, but I'm making the best of it. I'm putting myself out there still and giving it a shot. I mean, I, I, it was, I was ill at ease during the best of times. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And the best still, of times. Now it's there. like, it's, if you thought that was hard, hey, try doing it now where you're not allowed to, to fucking hug the person. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't even shake somebody's hand. It's, it's weird. Like, you know, I try to talk people after shows sometimes because I'm doing these outdoor shows, like we mentioned on the previous podcast, but like, um, you know, when you're doing these outdoor shows, it's hard to talk to people because you don't know their comfort level either. You don't know, like, you know, it's one thing to be six feet away from them while on stage and talking, but it's another thing to like, try to go up to them and be like, Hey, how are you? And then they're like, Whoa, back up. You know, you're like, okay, I get yeah. it. You know, and I, you know, I respect it. Totally. So let's bring our guy on, dude. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's see if we can add. There he's ready to go. Um, hello? Hey, Chris. There we go. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Chris Kitan. Welcome, Hi. Chris. Hi. Hello, hello, Christopher. Hey. Hello, how are you? Hey, buddy. How are you? When last we saw each other, wasn't it in Florida? It was, was it a, a gig? It was a gig in Florida. Yeah, it was a gig in Florida. It was. Um, am I? By the way, can you see me? Yes, we yeah. can see. You. Okay, but the I listeners, the listeners are just. It is only uh, audio for now, and then eventually we'll we'll progress to doing uh, video as well. Oh, okay, so no one will ever see me. So I could be. Yeah. Uh, Wear yeah. eyeliner. Yeah. Okay. Wear your okay. eyeliner. Just uh, you don't have to wear pants. It's fine, but we don't want to see that. But anyway, Dude, I haven't worn pants in, in weeks, so this is perfect. Yeah. I really? Haven't worn, uh, yeah. I haven't worn jeans in so long. Uh, jeans are overrated. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do I fit in those anymore? <laughs> do you um, go out? Do you go out at all, Chris? Uh, I I have a no. I mean, not socially. Uh, you know, I've done errands. You know, like gone to Starbucks or, you know, Gelson's, that kind of thing. Uh, Rite Aid. Rite Aid's a popular place for me. Where, where are you Where are you at? Hollywood? I'm in Hollywood, yeah. I am. Where are you at right now? I, I'm in NYC. I had an apartment in Hollywood, um, but when COVID came and I couldn't get any money from stand-up and all my stand-up jobs canceled on me, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to, you know, I had this one already. Right. So I was living high on the hog, you know, with the stand-up. I didn't realize, I, you know, I never even considered for one second that there would be no stand-up. I, I mean, I feel the same. I thought, you know, well, God, everyone's going to need comedy. <laughs> and everyone's going to need live performances. That's never going to die. And I always use the analogy of, like, the movie Spartacus of, like, well, I remember Tony Curtis being the <laughs> needed, you know, to make everyone laugh. You know, and uh, <laughs> and that was like a big battle, and everyone was like, you know, but now, but no, I had no idea this would be. Uh, so yeah, I feel you. You know, that's uh, it's 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 an odd uh, 
anyway, yeah, yeah I, I do miss it. It's also strange, man. I mean, Chris, you and I don't know each other. Uh, we may have met once uh, like a Jay Davis show or something out in uh, L.A., but I, I'm a comic. I've done stand-up for 15 years, 16 years. Oh, wow. uh, I used to he live produces in great shows, too. I do oh, shows here in yeah. New York and every once in a while in LA when I'm back. But, um, I lived in LA for a long time and now I'm, I'm here in New York. Uh, well, Daryl is, and, uh, mm-hmm. at least we're doing, we have some outdoor shows here that we're, we've got going on, you know, Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. Cuomo's trying to shut them all down, but, um, no, right. but we had, we had outdoor shows and I don't know. If, you know, I'm starting to hear some, about some stuff out in LA, but I mean, they're, they're doing like drive-in type of shows. And yeah, yeah but, I saw that. I saw but they, they honk their them. horns instead of <laughs> yeah. laughing. They honk their horns, they honk their and, horns they flash and they flash their lights. Use their high beams as well if they're at the standing over there. Great. I went to a movie premiere a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was at a drive-in. That's, you know, it was at a drive-in. So, but I didn't know how to figure, I couldn't figure out how to turn my headlights off. So everybody was getting angry because I couldn't, the, the sound was coming through my radio. And I didn't know how to turn my headlights off because <laughs> I was like trying to hear the sound. Anyway, it was kind of neat though. I mean, it was a drive-in situation. So it was old school. Well, what if you're like Chris, you're on stage yeah, and, and you do your, your best joke, man. You know, you're, you throw your fastball, your high hard mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And people start honking horns. Yeah. That's <laughs> the laugh. That That's the feeling. I, I, I live for that now. That's the feeling we all live for. Like, if, well, I, if, like, I, if I don't get enough honks in my life, then I don't know who I am. Well, I, I always felt laughter could be really infectious and spread yeah. throughout the room, you know. Yeah. Um, but a car horn, maybe not so much. But it depends least- on the car. Like at least you have that. You, at least there's a horn and some lights, and you kind of get something back. Wait, no, Chris. Yeah. Chris is making a good point. It depends on the car. It really does. It depends, <laughs> you know, whether it's a, a Rolls or just a little coupe. You know, could be uh, interesting enough. A, Kia, a, a the uh, the Kia, the Kias are nice. Those horns are actually surprisingly the Kia Fortes. <laughs> the Fortes, the Kia Fortes, are the two doors. I don't know yeah, why the two the, doors. What are the mini? What do they call the mini coupes? The mini coops, the ones in, they had in the Italian job, right? Yes. Those, I don't. Uh, I don't want them to be honking at me. Sorry. No, I don't like those honks. They're more. They're aggressive and kind of manipulative. They're squeaky. They're like a yappy dog, right? Yeah. They're like lying. They're fake. They're fake horns. They're fake. Yeah. They're fake honks. They're not real ring, honks. Ring, 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 what, if like, really? what if you get like one of those yeah. tractor trailer horns? And, uh, oh, those are nice. Good old John Deere. The John Deere laughs. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking Foghorn. I want a fucking ship's Foghorn. There you go. From New <laughs> I want to do a show on the New Orleans River, on the, the the banks of the fucking Mississippi River. Oh, that'd be nice. And then instead of high beams, you have a nice uh, you'd have a nice lighthouse lighthouse uh, yeah. beam straight onto or one it. Of the, or one of those lights they do to scan the water when someone's fallen overboard. Yeah. That's you a, know, the, isn't that a, like, a searchlight of some sort, right? A, it's a searchlight of some sort, yeah. Yeah, yes, that 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 would be nice. This is that's, the new, that's nice. At least, at least there's at least there's that. Was my, my point was, because like out here, you know, a lot of the comedians are doing shows in the middle of the park in Central Park. In in you know, there's a, a brilliant comedian named Mark Norman, and Mark Norman said. Mm-hmm. I've never bombed outdoors before, but he goes, I did the other day in the park, and I heard actual crickets. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And credit to Mark. That's it's a great a, joke. It's a great That's joke, but it's, he was like, it, it's weird because, you know, in the park, they have everybody spread around and like, you know, they're all sitting Indian style in this park, like, you know, and you, the, you there's no ceilings to bring the laughs in. So if you no. laugh, it's like, very, you know, and you have all the outdoor noise, all the noise from the rest of the park, people playing yeah. sports and whatever else going on. And then you're, you're up there just yelling at people without a mic. Right. You know, yeah. when, I, when I was on SNL and I was making, you know, good money and I would get booked to do these shows in Bryant Park outdoors for these like lunch fucking things they did. Yeah. Sometimes they'd have a band and sometimes a comic and, and there'd be 400 people sitting there and you, you would tell your joke and you wouldn't hear, and you're thinking and you wouldn't really hear them laughing. Yeah, and then someone would tell you afterwards, "Boy, you, you really killed them!" Like I didn't fucking, I couldn't hear them. Yeah. The laugh right. goes up, the laughs go up in the air, or something. It's just yeah. weird. I can't yeah. hear them. You know, we uh, uh, speaking of that show SNL, we uh, I don't, we did not audition at the same time, but we did have the lawn meeting uh, at the same time, or you know, one after the next one. Like, do you remember that we're waiting in talent in that room on Seventeen? And many, many times. But it, it tell was me the about first. Well, just tell me about your process. What I had well, two, two uh, in in eight H with him by himself. I had two ten minutes. Those you mean the audition I, on stage at, at home base? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I had. Um, Dinner um, at some fancy oh, wow. restaurant. Okay. And then I did a set on stage uh, at uh, the comic strip, in which it was learned that Daryl doesn't really move very well. You right. Know? I mean, because if you were think- known to be a great physical comedian. Was not. I know. I'm joking. I know, fucker. What was that process like for you? I always love to hear all that stuff. Like, I mean, you guys are were part of such a great, you know, iconic show. What was that process like for you, Chris? Like, how did your audition go? Uh, I had mine was well. Will and Sherry, Terry, and I were from the Groundlings, so we were flown out together. Oh wow! Uh, And we auditioned. Right up, and also Jennifer Coolidge was on the same day. It was Coolidge, me, Sherry, and Will. And um, the uh, I mean, I don't you're I don't know if you had the same experience, but for me, my audition, I didn't hear any laughs because you're on at home base. Oh, no, no laughs. Yeah, there's only Lauren and Marcy, and maybe Higgins, and maybe somebody else. And so that was something to get used to. She had no you had no feedback whatsoever, except for maybe uh, that woman Pam. I forgot her name. She was running around, but she like said, "Oh yeah, no, they love this character or something." And um, so I didn't know what was what the feedback was. And then, um, then that same week, Will and I uh, went up to seventeen to meet Lauren in his office with Higgins sitting there. My experience was. Lauren didn't speak, but Higgins did while I just sat across from Lauren at his desk. But Higgins did all the talking. Lauren didn't say anything. And uh, I think I told him, like, I, I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was like, well, yeah, my dad's a Smurf. He does Smurf voices. Like, I thought that was cool to talk about. Like, I don't know why I brought that up. But um, <laughs> if that would impress him, like, oh, really? Well, then he got the job. But um, he, uh, after me was, I believe you were, you were in the talent office as they call it and, um and you were there 
So you either came after, went in after me or before, but you were there. I remember. I I remember it well now. Yeah. I remember it well now. And Will went as well. And um, I think Sherry did as well. And then we flew back and then uh, Will and Sherry got the show. And then they hired me the same season, but uh, six episodes before the end of the season. So oh, that wow. was okay. it. I had my audition on the home base and my meeting with Lauren where he didn't really say anything. And so I had no idea what was, and, I, and then I didn't get, get it when Will and Sherry did. So I had no idea what was happening. Um, right. At all. And then they just hired me. Just uh, Will, Will called me and said, Hey, Lauren asked me to ask you if you wanted to join the cast. <laughs> okay. And it was like a Friday before, you know, two, two, three days before I would start Monday, you know, and that was halfway through or, or towards the end? No, that, that was six episodes before the end of the season. Of wow, the, had they done that before? before? Had they always, have they brought people in that late on a season? I was told they did not. I heard there's such, you know, mid-seasons, they do that, but not that close to the end of the season, no. That's interesting, man. That's, that's yeah. You know, that's a very commemorative moment in a performer's life when you're just sort of, you've been rejected by the crown. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, it, it and then be, someone walks up to you and goes, so, do you you want to be on us now? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, but, but you know what it did for me? I was still at the Groundlings, so it not only made me a better performer as at the Groundlings because I thought I didn't get my dream. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna." I I didn't get it. So all of my characters on stage at the Groundlings became another thing to me. I they were detached and and and. But detached in a, in, a, in the way of like I wasn't thinking about it. it just they just became their own. Um, you were flowing. And, yeah, yeah. And sketches became less worry about pro- things. Yeah. It, oh my god. Yeah. And, and not caring about the honks or the horns, as they, you know. <laughs> and they and they um and the and the sketches that were five minutes became like twelve minutes because <laughs> I just went <laughs> on and on. But they were great. They became the sketch was different every night and and or every other weekend rather. And then um you. Know, but and then when I got the call, it wasn't. It, I didn't really have time to get nervous. You know, I wasn't like, "Here's your new office," and sitting around and meeting everybody. It was like, "You're you're in there. You're already started. Like, go through you right." Yeah, in. you showed up, and I think you hit. Did you? Weren't you on stage that weekend? Yeah, I did the gibberish guy, the substitute teacher. The good afternoon, gonna be And then nobody really responded at the read through and except Lauren did actually surprisingly. And then, uh, I remember Sherry laughing a little bit and then she stopped herself from laughing as if you're not supposed to laugh. I was like, <laughs> what's going on? And then somehow, I know you, cause, cause you'd be in the middle of, of reading a sketch right? and no one's laughing and you're feeling like is right. the, the fix is in here. Yeah. And I was Everyone... the new guy. So maybe they're like, don't laugh at the new, I don't know. I only knew Will and I knew Molly and I knew Sherry, and that was really it. And but Lauren trusted me, and he put the sketch in, and it made it in the first week I was there. So you know, and did it do well on air? It did. It was the first sketch of the night, actually. Oh wow, that's great! I was like, wow, I, I was so. But it was so. Um, again, I didn't really have time to have anxiety, you know. And it was right. also I was very lucky because that sketch had been done uh, at the Groundlings. I've done it many times. And they didn't really change it 
uh, in the writer's room. So it was pretty much the same thing. And I already memorized it. So it wasn't like there were any cue cards. I didn't have to look at the cards. Uh, So it worked in my favor. And then, you know, but I think there was some, I felt there was a little bit of pressure. Like I remember Higgins saying, you have to really work to make sure you're going to stick around because it's, you know, you're the new guy. And so I just unloaded all my characters, like the, you know, the Roxbury guys with Will. And, you know, we just started introducing. Uh, also, a lot of the stuff I did at the Groundlings was with Will. And I think that was part of. Oh, yeah, you already had, you had chemistry right away. Yeah. So we had a lot of stuff we did back there. And we were, we just like, hey, let's do these characters. Let's do these guys. And we had a lot of stuff. So um, did you do Roxbury? Did Roxbury come in your first year? Yeah, uh, yeah, we did it with we did it on the Phil Hartman show, but just the two of us. When did and you then, do the one with Stallone? That was the following year, but the okay. big one was we did it with Jim Carrey that year, and that oh, was right. the one where it really set it off, I think, into becoming, you know, popular. What I was think. the What was the feedback for that? Like, this is a question for both of you, really, because like you guys have had characters, uh, both of you have got you know that are have been big on SNL for so that character specifically I mean those characters that you you and Will did were people just like hey Roxbury guy like I mean did you get a lot of that where people like saw you in public or people were like writing like somehow to you I don't know if social media existed back then but it, it didn't but I do remember there were some fan letters I was told there, there was people writing in saying they liked the characters I remember writer Steve Korn said it went really well I do remember though one thing they did was um, during the show uh, they had, uh, they had us, uh, Will and Jim and I, uh, put back our Roxbury outfits on after we did the sketch. So we introduced Soundgarden, the band. Like, oh. hey, that, so that was like, oh, I guess the sketch did well because we're dressing, we're putting our yeah. clothes back on. And that <laughs> wasn't even in the lineup. It was like such an <laughs> odd choice. Yeah. Out of nowhere. So that was, that was odd. I mean, it was cool. But that was like, I, I haven't experienced that before. So that was a sense of like, it became popular, I think. Or it, yeah. something was going on. There was a great energy, though. I mean, Daryl, you know, there, when you the feeling you have when something's really clicking and mm. it's kind of like so easy. It's an odd, it's an amazing feeling. It's magical, really. And that's, yeah. I had <clears throat> that with that sketch where it just was, we were just having so much fun just running <laughs> from set to set. With that music, that "What Is Love" thing, which oh, yeah. is ridiculous. That song now, but you know, it, <laughs> but you know, it was like that energy was so you know, it was really yeah, it felt like yeah. a rock concert. It felt like it's, a concert, you know. Yeah, and it kind of was, you know, because that, you've had that, that song. Here. Well, I mean, I have. I've had, I had experiences where I felt like I was just like on a glide path where. Right. Someone like Adam McKay writes, or Jim Downey would write these things, and I'm like, all I have to do is say these fucking words. Right, <laughs> right. It's and then, so and then it incredible. Becomes, it becomes historical. I mean, like what you did became a part of history politically. And then the next thing you know, you're like being interviewed by, you know, I don't know, you're on the Today Show the next morning. or Yeah. You know, it all just right. becomes like, and you, it was effortless. You know, and it's not just because of the writings. Obviously, you're performing. It was brilliant. So it just, but it just clicked, you know. It just was happening at that moment. And it's just, it, but, that, but, that's some of the best stuff that I got from that show, you know, that feel. By the time Lauren hired me, I was doing hundreds of sets per year. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure I did 300 per year at the Comedy Cellar. I was right. pretty, I was pretty lean, uh, yeah. comedically. Um, I was pretty good, uh, pretty prepared. Yeah. Although you nothing were- can prepare you for being at SNL because since it's a live show, there's so many fucking ways that can go, you can get derailed. You know. You were always probably you and Will were by far the uh, most laid back, uh, less. You know, you were always prepared, you guys. You were the first two to show up at the read-through table before anyone else did. Usually because you guys were casting so much, but you were there already practicing your impressions to yourself at the table before anyone was sitting down while everyone else is rushing around, you know, trying to, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but, you know, you know, it was a different approach. And it was really, you, you always were so easy and laid back. Plus, you had the office, your office right next to the read-through table, which was always convenient. <laughs> Step right out. Yeah. And you I also didn't have a window. You didn't have a window in your dressing room. I was like, that's so fucked up. But <laughs> <laughs> just put him in the box. Let's yeah. go. And I used to, I, I wrote so many, the, the, the walls were like lime green, prison lime green. Yeah. I wrote so many things on all those, they were covered with shit that I, oh, I would write on the wall so I could look at before I went out to read through. Yeah, it was like you really created your world. Not everyone did that in their dressing rooms. I remember walking by Kristen Wake's dressing room, uh, I don't know what, for some show, and she had her, everything was like as if she was been living there. <laughs> like all her personal items were there. Oh, and, and personal I, effects. There's personal effects, like memories on the wall already. <laughs> and like, we didn't have that. Our dressing rooms were just completely barren. No. You know? They're like, don't put anything up. You're not going to yeah. stay. <laughs> and you're like, we ah. like, a toothbrush. Your toothbrush was there. And you had to go take that home. Like know? we were <laughs> like we were going to pull a... We weren't really getting ready to do a show. We were getting ready to pull a heist, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going to need this space very long. Get it? Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't know how long you'll be here. So I just, <laughs> it, oh, just keep it temporary. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, with that, you mentioned Night of the Roxbury. We're just talking about that. But, um, how does that go from a sketch to a movie? Was that your and Will pushing for that? Or does, did Lauren come to you and go, this is so successful on the show. Let's try and make it a movie. That was a phone call from Lauren calling us saying that Amy Heckerling, who did Clueless and Fast Times, was interested in doing something with those characters. And she had a deal at Paramount. And... Um, and then uh, Steve Corner wrote it with us. I remember getting a call going, I think it's so weird because our characters don't really speak. Because in the sketches, <laughs> we didn't speak. Yeah, just so a lot was, of bumping. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dry humping and dry stuff, humping. which is, uh, would work really well now. Uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not, not, not going to get canceled yeah. ever. In fact, I was looking at some of my characters from the past going, I don't know if any of these would work anymore, like the Mr. Peepers humping people and <laughs> Antonio Banderas talking about someone's breasts. I was like, I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> How did that Mr. Peeper uh, sketch, though, come out? I mean, that's that was also a, a fun sketch to watch. Like, you're just like, let me play a monkey. <laughs> that's like That awesome. was the Groundlings. I created that out of the Groundlings, and I went through the audience, and it worked really well there. <laughs> But, uh, well, how Tom about Hanks me doing that special? How about me doing yeah. Je- I mean, Jesse Jackson? That's not happening again. Oh, right. I was just, <laughs> you know, I was just watching a special with my girlfriend, and we were like, I was like, he, I don't think he could do Jesse Jackson. Or, and then you did 
Al Sharpton, I think. And then you did Eddie Murphy. I was watching your special, which is brilliant, by the way, and unbelievable. It's so well done. And, you know, I'm sorry about all the crap you went through. I oh, that's we, all right. We have our journeys, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, but it, it was brilliant. Yeah, I don't think you could do Jesse. <laughs> it was amazing, though. It was like, you know, Jimmy did Chris Rock. I don't think he could do his Chris Rock either. But, well, can uh, we do it if we don't wear makeup? The, that, I was thinking about that. I think so. If we had a... Which, you know, in a well, sketch show where everyone looks like the people they're playing, yeah, kind of yeah. hard to do. Possibly. You would, have, you, you would have to do it, I think, where you bring that person on the sketch with you. Right. And, yeah. and try to, try <laughs> to imitate right. them. Then you know it's okay. And yeah. if that person was laughing. Yeah. Or at least in their car honking. And they have to hold this. They have to hold a sign that says, "Will not do not cancel Daryl Hammond." Cancel Daryl Hammond. Exactly. Not his fault. No, yeah. not his fault. Did, no, did I you guys him up to this? Did you guys? Well, your have special a, was so. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, no, no, spe- no, I was just saying your special was just fantastic. I'm so glad you made it. Well, you know that's, that's out there. Chris, I, I mean, I didn't do anything right. I mean, those women make these films, and Michelle Esrick directed and. Yeah. It was seven years of her following me around, just going, "All right, so let's go over to Fairway, right?" And, and you know, and you stand there, and if there's and smoke cigarette, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> and for yeah. those of you, for anybody listening, Daryl, uh, if they're not aware, Daryl has a great uh, Netflix. That's what Chris is talking about. Uh, yeah. Netflix no. documentary. It's called Cracked Up, and it yeah. is really great. It really is well done, and you get to know Daryl really well specifically yeah. for this and uh you know he's overcome a lot and that's you know that's why i'm happy to do this podcast with him you know i, I think i think and it um, explains a lot as well it explains, <laughs> it explains a, lot. a lot yes <laughs> yeah but it's like it's that side it's uh the kind of documentary you'd see about somebody after they pass away <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, but that's what it made me feel like. I'm he's like, been reborn. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, but, but it is a birth. It's a re. It's not. No, that's not what I mean. That is what I mean. But I mean in the sense of like it's celebrating you and what you went through, and 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 you know, it just shows how gifted you are, and and you know, those things that you deserve to hear. But also, yeah. what what made you who you are, and and that's important for people to see because people don't get that, and we consistently need to know that. I think in many ways you know like the rob williams thing we didn't know this we didn't know that we don't know these things we just assume so much about someone and it's important that people vocalize this stuff absolutely Absolutely. especially comedians too i think they don't have that they get that chance uh as much and you're not afraid and you weren't particularly afraid to show uh you know obviously you weren't like oh i got to be funny in this special blah 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 you know and because that isn't that isn't important all the time you know it isn't well, like I said, they, Michelle Ezrick directed and she controlled it. And they, I, I thought she made a great movie and seems like other people like it I, as well. I guess it was translated into five languages. So, Oh, wow. Um, but she made the movie. I just showed up. It's popular. I was, yeah. telling him, I was telling him today, the comments back, I mean, are unbelievable. Like all these people are sending in so many things to him, you know, just about how much that documentary meant to them. You know, yeah. some people. You know, it's helped a lot of people that have gone through similar things as Daryl, and, and yeah. you know, people people just they loved it, and they loved seeing that, and they loved that uh, that Daryl. They loved seeing someone come through all that on the other side. You know, it is so, it's important. You know, I wrote important. 
I wrote a book as well, like you, uh, called Baby Don't Hurt Me, and, and it talks about stuff, you know, stuff I wouldn't ever tell anyone, you know? Yeah, like, you know, I had this injury that happened on the show, and I didn't talk much about that, and I talked about it in the book, and, you know, there's, it, it gives you that opportunity. You, when did you write that book? Yeah, I don't even remember. Ten years ago, maybe. Ten years I don't ago. know. I don't know when did that. I, I could go check it if you really want. To you don't have to check. I, I, I don't know. It might not have been ten <laughs> years. It might have been seven or eight, seven years. I don't know. Yeah, but um, I was very careful to uh, to not to put too much ugly shit in there if I could help it. Right. You yeah, know, I, I tried to put some funny sh- shit in there too, but I could. Twenty eleven, it came out. Huh? Oh, was it? Okay. Twenty eleven, it came out. So almost 10 years. Yeah, I was having a difficult time with that too, juggling, should it be funny, should it be... I just knew, I just wanted to be honest, you know? That's all I knew. Yeah, or, that's, that's all you really can do with these type of books too because people right. appreciate honesty. They want to get to know you when they're mm-hmm. reading things about you and your life. And, and, and did, you, did you write uh, about the making of that movie? What, the Roxbury or the... Roxbury. Or, I, I did, yeah, because that there were some tricky things that went on during that time. <laughs> uh, no, really? Do you want yeah, to yeah. elucidate, or are you tired of talking about that shit? I'd rather hallucinate. Uh, All but, right, <laughs> but, but uh, no, we could talk about that. I mean, I don't know. I talked about. I don't know. Also, I talked about my the injury. You know, I got injured in a sketch too on SNL too, and that was that was something I didn't really talk about. Like we have that similarity where you don't. It's interesting, the idea of not wanting to, or just the, not wanting to tell people about what's going on, you know, what the fear is, because what's been going on in the last, whatever, I don't know, 10 years, eight years, uh, about people saying you need to vocalize what you've been going through. It's important because the amount of people that learn from your experiences, it's, is, is amazing. You could really help others. Uh, but, and, and I didn't, I wasn't, I was afraid of uh, being put on the sidelines, you know, not being involved in the show if I vocalized my injury, you know, because I was a, you know, physical how, comedian. How, and was like, how long you know, did you work um, injured? Uh, well, after that, I mean, up till the till this end of the season, I had my first surgery. I had like five surgeries after but, that. But, that's <laughs> a, oh, man. After, so what yeah, happened? So yeah. what happened? You did you throw yourself into a chair? Is that what I read? Yeah, backwards, <coughs> and I and I injured my neck, and then I got atrophy on my arm, and you know, uh, I just it w- the atrophy came back. It was bad, you know. Oh, it was really bad, and they were like, "You got to have surgery immediately." Uh, and I was like, "I don't want to get surgery immediately because I'll be taken out of the show." So I had it at the end of the season. Okay, and then it was non-invasive, and then. <coughs> which is ridiculous because there's only invasive surgery. It doesn't make sense to have non-invasive, but there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of fusion going on. And, and then I had it again and uh, a couple of years later, and you know, surgery is like, you have to, you're, you're taking off. You can't do anything after surgery. There's, pro, you know, you have to learn how to walk again and, and all this crap. And like, there are moments yeah. I go shopping and TMZ like take photographs of you and you look like hell. And you're like, what do you say? Like, Oh, I had an injury years ago, you know, what, <laughs> yeah. you know, and all you could do is hide and, and not say anything, you know. But but some people at SNL knew, you know, like Lauren knew. And, and uh, I, I didn't know you were you were still hitting hitting home runs and yeah. um, playing in pain and uh, and uh, 
And yeah. like, there was a time when I, I, I had a, a tooth pulled and right. I had to, on a Friday and I had to be on the air. I think it was the first time I ever did Jesse Jackson. Right. And someone gave me a couple of magic. I mean, the doctor had given me pills for, cause I had a catastrophic head wound. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was not going to miss the fucking show. And I'm, I'm sorry. Right. I wasn't going to do it. Of course, you can't. You do not. That's the last. The show really must go on, especially with SNL. Yeah, it's like you can be headless torso and you're going out yeah. there. Oh yeah, so absolutely. I took a couple of Percocet <laughs> that day and I and I managed to fucking get through it because that's impressive, right. man. Because I don't, I I can't even fucking move when I'm on that kind of shit, you know. And yeah, there you are on a national show, like not only functioning but functioning well, both of you, right. You know, yeah. yeah. Per- Percocet Perc- 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 is the drug that really enhances performance for a while, okay. because it has the, it gives you the. You're not only high; you have this brightness to you. It's yeah. a really yeah. seductive fucking drug. Well, plus I, I think that think as, the, as performers, the adrenaline takes over too to help. You know? Oh yeah, that that the boosts you. I mean, I just yeah. know from stand up. I, I don't I don't know from that kind of stuff, but yeah, I didn't take the meds till way later, until after surgery, because you're like, oh, you have to take these for surgery not i didn't yeah. take it for pain so i didn't take it during the show i was just in pain not like agony sometimes agony like after the sketch i would literally run back into the, the hallway before i got to the dressing room and do these weird stretches where my arm was against the wall and like people were like are you okay it looked like i was having fits like <laughs> i was trying to do these stretches because i didn't know what the hell was going on with my neck you know it was just yeah, like yeah. I had to find my space, like my secret spot uh, under the bleachers where I could move and stretch and do these weird things that were not good for my back the way I was moving too. But it was just like, God, get me through this. You know, it was just, oh, it was agonizing. It was really but you bad. Were, but you were not going to give up that fucking job. No. Oh, no. God, no. And you, you can't. Do not want, you can't. You don't want people to know like, oh, by the way, I'm in pain. Like, they're not going to go, well, we're not going to. We're not gonna, you know, take that risk, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember saying to myself, "I don't give a fuck." I, don't, I'm going out there. Well, you right, had scaffolding fall on you too, right? Oh my yeah, god! That, what? Uh, when I was <laughs> getting ready like to a do, cartoon. Yeah, he talked like, about it on a previous podcast. Were you yeah. in that Molly Shannon sketch where she, where we were doing the Sopranos, and she was playing the fifty year old dancer? I, <laughs> I thought you were in that sketch I with don't me. Know. Super I thought I yelled at you. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't a piece of scaffolding. It was, it was a it was a theater flat, and and it stunned me. But it wasn't like scaffolding, like in the street where the wood weighs you know a thousand pounds. Oh, okay, right. So that fell on me, and then I got chalk in my mouth and glue in my eye, and then new cue cards. So I'm trying to do Tony Soprano. I ended up doing the whole sketch like Brando. <laughs> and it was one of those sketches where Molly was so funny. We we eventually all began to laugh. We broke character. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you guys uh, do you guys remember like any like good stories with each other about like maybe behind the scenes from SNL? Maybe something that people don't normally know. Uh, Must have been something. I mean, you I guys were on there for, together for a while. Yeah, we were. Well, you were on for what fifteen years? How long were you on? Fourteen. 14 years. Um, I mean, to no, be honest no. with you, it, 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 there's not a lot of fucking time for palling around. Yeah, there right? wasn't a lot of time for that. But, we, I mean, we always, 
you know, there was a lot of fun moments working for sure. I remember I did hardball with you a couple of times. Oh, you that played Paul Begala. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I played that. And I just remember, I just remember watching so you so much, you know, because whenever you have time, you want to go out and watch a sketch. I always would run out and watch you perform, you know, because you're so, you know, either do a cold opening or, you know, you just yeah. hit these home runs and it was just so great to watch you. You know, you're always so solid. You rarely ever, I don't think you ever, did I, I think you maybe messed up once. That oh, I've shit. I don't know. I don't think. I did, I did a few times. Yeah. But listen, you, you had the other character, Mango, which right. we don't talk about so much, and yet it was a super good favorite. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. I, yeah, it was. Um, it was great. Yeah, I like that character. I always liked. I got very lucky on that show. I got most of the characters I wrote on, you know, and and I always wanted the goal is to get your characters or the dream is to get your characters to become reoccurring. And most of the ones I wrote or wrote with someone uh, became that did happen. So I was very fortunate because. And, and, and when did you know? Like, for instance, I knew when my time was up there. Was there a moment for you when you knew your time was up? You mean, uh, oh, on the show. Yeah, that yeah. was um, uh, that was right about a year before I left, I think. Uh, and I told Lauren, saying, I don't know if I uh, should be here anymore. I, my characters are kind of, you know, I'm doing Mango for the 20th time. and <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't that many. But, you know, I just felt like um, it felt like a new generation was kind of happening, this kind of new energy was happening, you know, um, and uh, Will left and it was, uh, it just started getting a little different, uh, you know, uh, but, but, um, you know, I remember um, Dennis McNicholas saying, you know, you should stay because we want to write for you and, and start writing for you. And, and I remember trying to get people to write for me before, but it was my fault because I would kind of put myself in these character places. I was, Lauren always said I was like the Mike Myers at least he told me that once just kind of doing the characters and not really showing a personality. Uh, and that, but towards the end I did like Tina put me in a couple of things where I played a version of myself or this kind of sarcastic guy, like, or, you know, a a sense of myself anyway. Uh, and, uh, that started happening towards the end, but I think I kept thinking, I I don't think that was going to be enough for me. I think, I think I thought like, wow, I don't know if I could ride, on just being me and a personality because I think I'm running out of character ideas. Uh, I think that was part of it. Also, my dad was ill and that was part of it. He was on the West Coast and um, I wanted to be with him as well. And I thought it was okay to to leave. There was other stuff going on work-wise as well. But, you know, of course, you always look back and go, maybe I could have done another year. I could (laughs) have done another two years, you know. For sure. I thought getting off the show was as hard as getting on the show because I didn't want to leave, but I knew I should leave. And they didn't want to tell me to leave. And just this weird moment. I I, I had a little bit of that. I I remember telling Mike Shoemaker, who was one of the producers, that I wanted to go. And he was like, no, don't go. And I could see that he really didn't want me to go. 
And then I was like, it's a great feeling too. When you have people yeah. going, no, no, no. Like we love you. But I wanted, but my concern was like, does Lauren know? Does Lauren know I want to go? And he says, he does know. And in a weird way, I wanted to hear it from Lauren, but I didn't hear it from Lauren, <laughs> but I heard it through other people. But for some reason I wanted Lauren to say, I don't want you to go to me. And I you don't know, know what? why. That, that could have been a very different conversation. You could have said to Mike, right. You know, I, I'm, really feel like I should leave and instead right. of going no you can't you can't you can't please right. stay he would say something like really right <laughs> no right. I, I just think my time is up here I yeah sure. I think that, yeah well uh-huh. <laughs> think that yeah like, son of a bitch Mike just tell yeah, me to stay yeah. beg me to stay <laughs> I remember I remember uh, I remember talking to I wonder if I should say this person's name very powerful person over there and I remember yeah. saying, I just said out loud, I was just like, wow, the bombs are really falling for me around here. And she didn't go, oh, <laughs> stop it. You know, you've got 50 <laughs> years left. Stop it. Come on. You've got plenty of time left. She just, right. went, she just went, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah well, I maybe, feel like, maybe. <laughs> like bombs are falling. I'm just like, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Bombs. Yeah. That was Hillary Clinton. <laughs> no, I'll tell you if I ever see, see you in person. No, 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 that's all right. But I mean, um, I, I guess wow. I wanted her to say to me, "Oh, stop." Yeah, and it's it's almost. I think for me, I think it may have been a little selfish to think that you know, because it's like, of course, he probably didn't want me to go, you know. But for some weird reason, it was important to me. I don't think it. It may have changed things if he really didn't want me to go. If he, if he said something to you, maybe like, yeah, like, I think so. Cause he's the guy, he's the man, you know, if, if daddy says, don't <laughs> go. <laughs> so, yeah. so Lauren Michaels to me is, I'm, I'm fascinated by the guy. I, right. I, you know, I, I hope that one day we could get him on this podcast, but, um, I, just, Oh my God. I bet you know, he would do it. He did. Yeah, he, well, he did, he did, uh, he did Mark Maron's, uh, podcast. Right. So oh, I don't think did. it's, okay. I don't, I don't think he's, it's impossible to get, but no. my thing with him is that, um, he just seems like everybody's dad and you're always trying to get his approval. You know, it, yeah. it seems like everybody there and he's so mysterious, like that, you know, he, he doesn't show too much emotion. Right. Um, you know, he's, he's got his minions following him around sure. and, you know, I've been like I've, I've talked on on previous podcasts about how I've been to SNL a few times, some friends with cast members and stuff from stand up, and uh, and it's always interesting to to hear other people's accounts of like what it was like to deal with him and uh, right. And you guys even just talking about your audition process and how like he doesn't laugh. And is that right. become a game with all the whole cast? Like let's make Lauren laugh. Like we've got to do it. Like you've, it's like that one person in the audience that doesn't laugh, and then everyone else could be laughing and they think you're great, but you just focus on on that, and you're like. How do I make this guy love him? I don't know if I was like, I got to get him to laugh. I think when he laughed, it was like, wow. And there were a few times he really laughed. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and that's like a home run. That must be like, all right. Like, but, you know, George yeah. Costanza, you're leaving on a high note. Right. You know? <laughs> but I don't think it was a bad thing that he didn't. There is a, a sense of like, uh, uh, and you know, excuse me for answering this question before you did, but I guess I should because I'm the guest. I don't know how it goes. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but I, I there is something about someone that doesn't give you approval that makes you continue to work hard. You know, absolutely. Um, so that is probably part of it. You know, I think he knows exactly what he's doing, and he obviously brings out the hardest working part of you the work the hardest working part of you is that yeah. grammatically correct i don't know uh the part <laughs> he, that he's works, a genius basically you know yeah and he's a, a smart man obviously and he yeah. knows he knows what he's doing 
you know, but there is that search of like acceptance and, and, uh, and approval. And then I think there is a, yeah, there is something to being a supportive, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm sure he's supportive. I've heard him talk about me to others. And I was like, Oh my God, I never, he felt that way. You know, <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. And I was like, God, I just, that's meant so much to hear that. He was never negative towards me, you know, or, or anything like that, but you know, you do, there is a, there is a constant need of some reassurance. You do let that go though, eventually. And then you kind of realize you're all part of, it's all about the show and not yeah. about each other at some point, you know, that, make, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I, I was I going around going, you know, just sort of dropping hints. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling, you know, feeling like my time is up and nobody was going, Oh bullshit. Right. Your time's <laughs> right. out, huh? Right. You're harder than ever. Yeah. You, you kind of want, yeah, I, I, yeah. When the Obama administration came in and I didn't play anyone in the administration, in the cabinet, any, right. anyone, I was like, okay, you're, you're done. Time that is the, that's the conflicting thing too, is the sense of like family, yet no one in your family is really saying anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could become best friends with someone and yet they're not, for some reason they don't say when it comes to work, because they're two different things. You can have a wonderful relationship with another cast member, but when it comes to work, it's a different situation. And and sometimes you wanted something, sometimes you'd want someone to say something work-wise and they wouldn't, you know? So you wanted Lauren, you wanted Lauren to call you and go, don't quit. Well, if I had some other people in the cast saying, Hey, don't quit too. I think that would change some things. Not, but again, that's not the reason why I left is because other people didn't say anything, but I think that's something that I uh, didn't always get. Uh, I I left because I felt sick inside and I knew I shouldn't be there anymore. It, which is is an impossible concept to grasp, right? You know, if you if you've worked as hard as we worked to get there, and right. then to stay, let alone yeah. get to stay, yeah, and then one day to go, wow, this is time's up, right? Uh, but I felt it internally so strongly, you know. Yeah, I do remember leaving and and then watching. Of course, you probably did the same. Watch the show after you left. And I remember feeling uh, that there was something missing. Oh, I will say this. Uh, Amy Poehler, both Amy Poehler and Seth called me uh, different times after I left saying it's not the same without you. It's not the oh, same. That's really nice to hear, though. You, yeah. you love when you hear things like that because you're like, oh, yeah. I respect you. And we had a friendship, obviously, on right. the past. They said it's just not the know. same. And, and, and Seth also said – or somebody – I don't know who it was. Somebody told me that Seth said a number of times in uh, after pitch or somewhere saying, no, that's too Catan, meaning there were some ideas that were submitted that were too something similar to something I've already done. And that was really cool to hear. But th- that probably wouldn't have happened unless I have left. But, <laughs> but you know, that, that was really something. That was really cool, you know, especially coming from Seth and Amy, you know. Uh, sure. That was really special uh, to hear. And I still had great, I still had friendships with other people too. Like Maya was still a great friend and, and, and there's other people I still continued having. Have you ever gone, with, a, you know? have you ever gone a, a whole year in a row without doing something for them? A year in a row without doing something for like, them? Oh, like uh, I, I've never like not worked there. I've always done, I would come back and do little cameos um, and then I took the announcer thing. So right. most years since I left, right. I didn't work there very much. 
but there was always always doing something. And now that I'm doing the announcer thing, you know, right. I've always been connected over there and getting paychecks on some level for a long time. Oh, well, I'm still getting paychecks. Yes. Residuals and stuff, but I don't know. I'll go like, Oh, the Bill Paxton Beck show. (laughs) (laughs) Who could forget that one? Tell us about the Bill Paxton Beck show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but you, um, you come back sometimes, uh, Chris. Like when I, I saw you, I ha- you came back for like Jimmy Fallon. I mean, I Jimmy Fallon did the Christmas oh. thing, and oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, if you, that's part. Yes, I, stuff uh, like that, right? Yes, well, for sure. The Tonight yeah. Show. Yeah, Fallon had me on, and we did the Wish You Were Christmas Today with Ariana Grande, and that was really fun. Yeah, but you so came Fallon back. Fallon will have me come back do something every so often. I think uh, uh, when he hosted, you came back and did that. No, or am I wrong? When he hosted, it was like uh, yes, you know. oh, on the show, yes. But I also yeah, did it on the but you also did it on show. Tonight Show, yeah, yeah, that's correct. We yeah, did that on Tonight Show not too long ago. But I used to come back a lot more after when after I just left, like every couple months. I came back and did Gollum with Elijah Wood for the Christmas show. I remember that, <laughs> and then um, came back and um, I did a did a thing with you, Daryl. I did um, you did Regis, and I did. Um, the producer, whatever his name is. Gelman. Gelman. Gelman, yeah, Gelman. Gelman. And every 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 show that we did, they would have yeah. Gelman dressed. Uh, <laughs> more, elaborate, more, more and more flamboyant. <laughs> elaborate. Every time you, yeah, you would, cut, you would cut to Gelman standing by the camera, and every time you cut to him, he'd have something like, like a feather boa. A feather bow, and the next thing he has like a peacock in his hair. And, yeah, you know, I remember now because every, every show would be like, "Am I right, Gelman? Gelman, am I yeah, right?" Exactly, and I'd be like, "That's it." I just do. It's not. I wouldn't even say anything. But that's that what made so those fun. sketches so great because yeah. they you, the silliness, man. Being silly is just so fun. To that watch. yeah, you know that's that that is right. Silly is such an important word, and that's what I. It is. That's why I really got into this, you know. And silly is like you don't see it that often. You see it with like Martin Short. Whoa. Steve silly Martin. is silly. It's yeah. so important. There's a they brilliance to silly. Be, uh, they yeah. always said be sm- silly and smart. Yeah. Smart and silly. But Did you ever do an important... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that sometimes people get too caught up in just the smart or something else and forget about the silly. I mean, you can get uh, by so much with just being silly. If you look at, like, again, like Martin Short in an interview on a talk show, he's just being silly. And he's hilarious. Like, that was brilliant. And he's not really doing much but being silly. It's such an underrated thing, I think. And that's what made some some of those sketches just so great to watch. Why they were so popular. People just appreciate well-done, silly sketches, you know? I agree. What were you going to say, Daryl? You were going to... First of all, uh, over there, if you forget about the silly, you won't... You're not going to stay there very long. But I I think you have to be funny there. That's the thing about like an SNL impression. When we did impressions of people, right? It wasn't yeah. about do, like a Vegas act where you're like, "Oh, I have to be astonishingly accurate." You know, Lauren was like, "Exaggerate, right? Exaggerate, yeah. Yeah. Funny. We want to be funny." Like <clears> what <throat> Dana Carvey would do. That he was a master. Yeah, he was the, those were the the best impressions for us. Oh my god. Um, Ross Perot. Oh, he was spot on. What for the so hell many. was that? That was amazing. George yeah. Amazing. George do you do Lauren, an impression yeah. of? Do you do an impression of Lauren? It's just a little like that, you know. The, I would do an impression of him 
him and Henry when Henry was young, his son, and looking at the stars. And Henry goes, they're on the beach, and Henry points to a star and goes, look, Dad, a shooting star. And he goes, no, 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 I know. <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> I never did an impression of him when um I love Mike Myers impression when he did with Dr. Evil. He turned into Dr. Evil. Oh, of course. It was such a any, spot. I don't think there's anyone that's never worked there that doesn't do an impression of him. I'm the only one. Oh, come on. You have you have you have an impression of Lauren, don't you? No. No? No, not like no? these guys. These guys really you, have I'm down sure you science. can do one. I couldn't do one. I wasn't like really good. But even like Will could do one, but it wasn't even that great. But it was still funny because he was being silly, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think I did a very good one. I, I think you. I'm sure you could do a good one. If uh, you, I'm sure you could if you tried. I don't know why you I know? did that. It was sort of like doing Jack Nicholson. It's like everyone's oh, doing right, Jack. Right. Nich- I don't really want to do it. Oh, I because everyone else was doing it. Because I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'd seen it done so well. Um, right. I, I, it just didn't make sense to me. So. You were, I was on your special. I love that you're doing Popeye and Porky Pig were your first voices. Yeah. Uh, that was so great. Cause I was always a fan of Rich Little, you know, growing up. My dad yeah. loved, loved people doing impressions. My first impression was Rod Serling. I didn't do many impressions, but I did Rod Serling flies on. And I just put my teeth up there. Like you're earning another dimension, a dimension I sight and sound for the mind. And that was it. It wasn't very good. Well, say, it, this, like, say, say this phrase. Portrait of a man who's just lost his most precious possession. Say Portrait that. of a man that just lost his most... <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Portrait of a man that lost his most... What is it? Portrait of a man that just lost oh his God. most precious possession. Portrait of a man that lost his most precious possession. I he, was on, he was on his way to a good life, a good Wait. career. He's on his way to a good life. A good for you. I can't. He never. He made, there was a detour. <laughs> There's a detour <laughs> through the twilight zone. <laughs> through the twilight zone. That's great. <laughs> but that was like it was the cigar thing. But you have to understand, I was eight years old doing it, so that's what was so like. Look, yeah, but he's it's, eight years old, and he could do Rod Serling. <laughs> I always used to think to myself, did I get a hundred percent of the voice? Yeah. But I never really did. I, most of the time, I got about sixty or seventy percent. Right. But I always said to myself, is it a good enough impression to be funny? You got just to get these fucking laughs. Right, right. Uh, was there ever an impression yeah. that you did that, yeah. that you that never made it on SNL that you always were like, come on, man. Like, I love this impression. I want to get this on. Oh, mine? I'd say about, I'd say about 300, three or 400. Yeah. <laughs> like 400. over 14 years. I mean, there were so many things, you know, that you developed this Wolfman Jack and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you want to do the fucking voice, but there's you know the sketch wasn't funny or didn't work for some reason. Oh, I'm sure you could do so many people that were like, could, like could you do like say Rex Harrison? You could probably do Rex Harrison. I like this You probably could do all those people. Well, yeah. Maybe. Was there someone that you could do really well that you wish there was a place for? Like, I mean, I was lucky I could find David Lee Roth. Was zippity bop. <laughs> no. But that's yeah. just silly. That wasn't even a very good impression. <laughs> um, that's what that's no. what it takes. It's silliness, though. You know. Yeah. What What did did you have one uh, that you could do that you couldn't find a place for that you were like, God, I could this one. I nailed this, but I never could find a place because the person's either deceased or you just inappropriate or just couldn't find a place for them. Is there anyone? Um, I think no. I think eventually they they eventually all got. 
you know, over, I mean, it's 14 years. Eventually I was able to, <laughs> like, I always wanted to do Geraldo, but I didn't, right. you know, my, oh, face, right. my face wasn't skinny enough, but finally one night they really needed him, like yeah. really yeah. needed him. Yeah. And yeah. I guess Lauren knew I had that one in my, in my, my hip pop, my wheelhouse. Yeah. Right. So they put me on as a sort of overweight Geraldo, but he was he, he was so in the new, he was so in the news that week. He was like, "It's a it's okay." Was that what when with Capone's vault, or was that no? This was vault? with uh, when um, the Osama bin Laden era. Um, oh, right, Osama bin Laden and his dastardly dudes. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> That was when Osama bin Laden was on the tip of everybody's tongue for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Was there ever like a sketch, Chris, that you had that you were really bummed, you really wanted, you pushed so hard for, or maybe it came up a couple of times and they just keep getting Uh, cut or or scratched? I was talking, we had our our guest um, last week was uh, Brooks Whelan. I don't know if you know Brooks, but he's, yeah, he's or I, I know a little bit him personally, yeah. but I know of him, of course. He was, yeah, short lived on the show. He was he was on for a year, but he's great. And um, right, he talked about there was a sketch about uh, where King Kong rapes him, and <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> and then they end up like together, going to like movies and stuff, and uh, him and King Kong. But it it was yeah. like it was just silly. But he said it made it to dress. And oh then, my God! It did. Yeah, and, and then it, and they were all on board with it. And then because you know, as you as you guys all both know that uh, you know, time goes by so quickly on that, and something goes long, and then the last sketch of the night gets cut, and that was the last sketch. So they end up cutting it for. Um, they end up they wanted to go with a. Uh, it was Jimmy Fallon doing a Christmas song. Um, at the right. very end of the night. So they were like, let's do that. It fits better with the Christmas episode. But this right. King Kong rape sketch, like, this is good. And then he had to repitch it again the next week, and they all looked at him like he was insane. <laughs> <laughs> there was it, one uh, where I was, there was one where I was, um, Gene Shalit's slow dancing with Sarah Michelle Geller. And I remember thinking, <laughs> what? please, God, let this get on. Please, God. <laughs> please, God, let me get this on. Please, God, let this get on. But the funniest do part it. of that is you saying, please, God, I want to get Please, <laughs> God, let me slow dance with Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Come no, on. I like that you were just like, please, God, I want America to see Gene Shalit dance with Sarah Michelle Geller. That's. <laughs> I just. <laughs> It's I love. I, I mean, America I just love. I, I love the concept, but it just didn't pan out for me. I did. Uh, I did a pretty good Joe Pesci for Ray Liotta mm. that that got cut. Uh, I did a right. pretty good John Lovitz that got cut. Oh you know, wow! Right, there were ones that I really liked, but I mean, that's the nature of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I did. I think I wanted to do a Bono. I think I did some, it got cut in dress. It was, or after dress, it was a Bono. I wanted Bono to be a superhero. He's like flying around, saving people. This is when he's like saving, you know, through uh, the apartheid, through, um, I don't know, helping people in Africa. He would just fly around <laughs> giving his iPhone out. Like, huh. I'm going to say. Yeah, that's the weird part. Like, you know, we create these things and we fall yeah. a little bit in love with them. But if you don't, yeah, if you're not able to let go of your calves, right? You know, yeah, yeah, you can't stay. You'll crack Why? up. Yeah. Why would I want so badly for Bono? <laughs> Why? It's not even a great impression. But I was like, I gotta get my Bono on. 
<laughs> I tried for a long time to get my Jean Shallot on. It just right. Didn't. Yeah, Jean Shallot, fucking Jean Shallot. <laughs> That's so Sarah funny. Michelle Geller, we're slow dancing. Yeah, slow dancing. Sarah. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, um, how much um, um, uh, do, are we going to do that third person thing or no? Yeah. Oh, so, what so what yeah. We, we we talk about this every episode. We we call yeah. this the third person uh, podcast, and what we do is you're our third person, obviously today, Chris. And okay. uh, every time we bring someone on, we try to get uh, you to tell a story, maybe something fun, something wild, something you saw or experienced, oh. um, maybe from SNL or a movie or TV or. Uh, even stand up backstage on the road, whatever. And if it incriminates anybody, or if you're worried about like naming names or, or, or you know, it being a little too much, tell it from the third person. And so far, nobody has told it from the third person. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, enough I, to throw it out there. And uh, right. we try to end you know, with like a quick story, even if you've told it before. It, it's always uh, a fun. So thing. you would tell it like this guy, meaning yourself. Yeah, this like person. this guy I know, you know, is. Bag right. and Sarah okay. Michelle Gellar dressed as Jean sure. Shallot. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there's this actor I know. Yeah. yeah, really wanted to play Jean Shallot. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Um, I don't. Let me see. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Well, you know, I did. I talked about this. Where did I talk about? No, I didn't really talk about it. I think it might have part of it's in my book, but not really all of it. But there's this guy who was uh, invited to a dinner. He was invited to a Valentine's Day dinner. Okay. And uh, he was friends with this uh, couple. And this couple, the wife of this couple was friends with, oh, can I name the celebrity? Or You can if you'd like. It? Yeah, it's up to you. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, <laughs> if it helps the story, name it, you know? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, so uh, he... Um, so he uh, um, so he went to uh, this dinner, and there uh, at this dinner was the director of this uh, movie. Where <laughs> I'm trying to make it, you don't know the the, the syllables are for okay. Two syllables. <laughs> gonna, you don't uh, have for, to do it this oh, way yeah, if you don't want. Okay, to. okay. So we're at the dinner, and it's uh, the guy who directs. Okay, is J.J. Abrams and his wife, and then. Okay. The other couple is uh, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. Oh, okay. So right. uh, we're like, we go, we go to this. My my girlfriend at the time and I go to this dinner, and uh, Katie Holmes arrives first, and then um, everyone's kind of nervous that Tom Cruise is coming to dinner, and we don't know what to do, and we're like, okay, do we start dinner or whatever? And Katie's there, and she looks a little peaked, and um, she uh, <laughs> and. Uh, we uh so finally tom cruise arrives like an hour after we already started dinner because we thought oh he's not gonna arrive because there is something nerve-wracking about knowing that tom cruise is coming um oh yeah and he arrived and he he got there and uh he he looked like he was just crying a little bit okay. and he said he, he said he goes sorry i just did a scene with meryl Meaning, he just did a scene <laughs> with Meryl Streep in a movie, and he just came off set. So he's a little upset, or he was still in character or something. So he came, then he, before he sat down, he took his jacket off, kind of like, like a, perfectly. I've never seen someone take this jacket off. He took a jacket off, like, like one sleeve there, 
then the other sleeve there, and then just flipped it over one side like that, you know, when somebody yeah, just throws it over their it shoulder. Up, like one side, yeah. and then just sat down. Like it was so perfect and beautiful. Like it so was cool, like, oh man. my god. And I remember, and then that night, uh, uh, oh, this is Valentine's Day dinner. So Katie Holmes did hit her gift. I guess we're gifting. She pulled out a photo album of. Um, of Surrey, pictures of Surrey, the, their daughter, yeah. of, of pictures of her singing with Surrey uh, in front of a microphone, and while she played the song, um, what was the damn song? Oh, you're so beautiful, you're so okay. beautiful. Oh, uh, her singing cute. with Surrey yeah. to Tom Cruise, but it's a recording while they looked at the photo album, and it's really quite touching and beautiful, yeah. honestly. Uh, and then um, I don't know if this is a funny story, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, and then, I'm, uh, I'm glued in. I'm tuned in. Let's go. But here, okay, here's the kind of funny part. So, so Tom Cruise is there. He's shorter than I am, which made me very happy. He has those <laughs> lifts, shoe, lifts in his shoes a little bit. You know, I'm a very short guy. So there yeah. you go. I, I understand. So, um, but he looks like an action star, like just like this. And I remember feeling kind of like d- dirty around him. Like I wasn't dirty, but like just he's so clean and perfect that I felt like. I need a walk or something. <laughs> you know, flawed and dowdy. Yeah, and... something's wrong with me. Like my hair's not right, or he's just, too pretty yeah. to look at. You're like, God he's damn, just man. too too pervert. Like he was yeah. recently, as if he's in the shower at the moment. Like, <laughs> did you? Did they just take you out of a package? I mean, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. He's recently yeah. taken out of the package. Yeah, and then uh, just so fresh, and so he was like, "Let's." Uh, he goes, uh, "Hey, we should uh, we should hang out." We should. Ha- oh no! This is he, yeah. He goes. We should hang out like outside of the Valentine's Day. He's like, we should hang out. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, he's he's doing what he did on Oprah, you know. And uh, he was like, we should hang out. And I said, okay, yeah, we should. And I was like, um, again, you're just it's nerve wracking because it's Tom Cruise, and he was like, Katie. He was pointing Katie across from like Katie. We should hang out. And then uh, I was like, yeah. And I, at the time, the police were doing a reunion. I said, we should go see the police. And um, and then he goes. And this is before Prince passed away, by the way. So he goes, we should go. He, I go, we should see the police. And he goes, we should go see Prince. I said, yeah, <laughs> we should go see Prince. And he goes, Katie, we're going to see Prince. <laughs> yeah. Is he jumping and up then, and down on a couch, too? <laughs> no, he didn't jump up. He was just like, <laughs> and then oh, And then I went, yeah. But, but, and then I kind of reasoned with him a little bit, like, and I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, but, the, but, but. The police is a, they're back. The police, let's go see the police. And he goes, You're right, let's go see Prince. <laughs> Katie, we're gonna see Prince exactly the same way he already said it. And he didn't even hear the police part. And I was like, Okay, put the police, you know. He's like, We're gonna see, <laughs> that's it, Katie, we're gonna see Prince. So he didn't hear the police part at all. And then a couple weeks passed, and I was like, you know, that was, uh, I was talking about it with the my, the other couple that was there. And I was like, that was an interesting evening. Wow. I was sweating so much and nerve wracking. And it was, and then she, and then uh, a couple of days later, she was like, I got a call from Katie Holmes. And apparently Tom wants to go to Vegas to see Prince. I'm like, oh no. And I felt like it was more like uh, pre- pressure. Like it's like if the Pope wants to do something. Yeah. Or something. It's like I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I I guess that's fun. yes, it sounds fun, but I don't know if I can make it. And I was filming in Canada in Edmonton at the second biggest mall in the world. That's where I was <laughs> filming some terrible movie, a Christmas movie. Every but Christmas movie is usually not very good. 
So I was <laughs> filming a Christmas movie in Edmonton, of all places. And I was like, so uh, Prince, uh, so uh, Tom Cruise wants to go see Prince. I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I can make it. So I, I told this woman to tell uh, Katie to tell Tom, I guess. Like, I can't, I don't think I can make it in time. I really couldn't make it uh, on a Saturday. She And then she called back a couple of days later. She said, oh, no, a couple hours later and said, like, well, Tom now called back and said he's going to t- <laughs> tell Prince to do it another night and fly out of Burbank so you can make it. And I was like, oh, no, why is, this, <laughs> oh my God. Why is he accommodating me? So I this is too much pressure. <laughs> And we're going to fly to Edmonton and we're going to perform in the mall yeah, for you. I wanted it to go away. I wanted the situation, even though it was really fantastic, but it was like, I, it was too much pressure. And then, and then I was telling people on the set, like, they're like, why do you want to go? And you can't say, oh, because Tom Cruise wants to take me to Burbank. Because <laughs> they're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with they're you? They're like, what are you talking about? So <laughs> I was like, and then I was like, I really can't make it. And they tried to change the time for me and all this. And then they're like, okay, then... Prince <laughs> again and said Prince or uh, Tom said that he's going to change the flight again. He was like he really wanted me to go on this flight with him oh to go see Prince, and it was like, why is this? What is this? Is uh, he trying so to recruit you for Scientology? I didn't know what was happening. happening. It was so odd. Anyway, I didn't end up going. I couldn't make it, and um, and that was that was it. I remember seeing Prince, or no, I'm sorry. I remember seeing Tom Cruise from a bit of a far away, and he didn't really look at me. And I was like, "Oh no, Maybe oh shit!" I didn't go see Prince or something. I don't know. But he, it was a, it was an anyway. It was, it was such an cr- interesting experience because it was. Um, God, I'm so exhausted from telling that story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, but it I like was the like, picture. I like the picture of you running into him right now, and you know today. Yeah. And then you'd be like, hey, 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 I'm sorry about the Prince right. thing. And him just going, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah, just, who are you? Like, oh, you remember <laughs> like you're dead to me. You understand that. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't yeah. go to Prince. You're dead to me. Yeah. Like, I know who you are. Like, but It was dead. interesting because it was almost more exhausting than it was uh, uh, something. I don't know if it would sound fun. Like, sitting on a jet with Tom Cruise, I would be so nervous. Yeah. I don't know what to do. He's so little, much. He's, he's intense. He's got so much energy. He's so intense. That's what yeah. it is. And he's so talented and like, oh my God, he's a huge movie star. He's amazing. But like, he's so intense. Like I literally started feeling like I don't work out enough. And like, I'm so, (laughs) I clearly don't like my chest doesn't look right. And I have a zit here. One, one piece of that, one acne thing. And like, can he tell that one tooth is not working out for me? Or, you know, like I just, it was so, it made me nervous. It yeah. kind of, uh, he's that kind self, of guy. He's that very level of people. Maybe very self-conscious, I think. Yeah, he's but, that level of, of celebrity where you're just like, shit, like now I'm well, in my own just, head because of this. Not just that, but it's because t- it's, it's him. It's, it's him. like, yeah. But because he, he's he's an action figure or something's different about him. Like <laughs> yeah. he runs in movies. It's He's like, he's what? All he's his own like, stunts. He's 95 and he's running. And <laughs> it's just unreal. It's like, yeah. not, it's not just, not just running. He's sprinting. He's sprinting yeah. like that. He does all his own stunts for like a like, hundred yards. Like I think he flies. Sprint. I think he really flies. Like I think he knows how to fly. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I would be a bit surprised. Yeah, I don't think he eats or he just doesn't drink water or eat. He just flies around and he's like something else. I don't know. <laughs> he has a There's cape a and a cowl. Right. <laughs> 
Well, that's a cool story, man. I, I appreciate you telling us so. that. that. That is very that cool. Is like, well, I hope you don't know like who it was uh, in my story. No, by, it was just some, some random person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try, man. We thought it would be a good concept of a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, honestly, to, it is hard it, to tell those type of stories. No, it, third it'll work. I think it can work. I think I think I got I think the person gets caught up by saying I somewhere halfway. Yeah. Well, we also, but, we, but, we created it because, you know, just in case, like, you know, there's somebody right. in the story that you're like, uh, I can't say this person's name. Or right. I don't want someone to know that it was me specifically right. or whatever. So, or, or the other person. I think if you tell a story about another person that you don't want to identify, it's a good thing. But, yeah. I, um, yeah, yeah. but I, no, it worked. I think it's a great concept. No, I just well, screwed up. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody I mean, else has listen, done it yet. Look, the story has Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes. Right. Meryl Streep in it. Okay. Yeah. It's already it's already a good story. Yeah. Exactly. But there was was another party that this person had, and Tom, they said that Tom was going to enter. We were outside having a barbecue, and he was going to enter with his wife with Surrey in his hand. But there, somebody said there was waiting to enter or come outside. Like, as if it was being timed. Like, he wasn't just going to walk outside with a baby <laughs> like most people. He was waiting, like... Like, waiting for a cue? Ready, and, okay, hold... Like, every yeah. something was being arranged or hold something. Hold for sound, and... I, I don't... <laughs> exactly, hold for sound. Let's get the lighting let's, right. Let's get him to slate in real quick. And... Yeah, right, exactly. We don't know... It was probably, like, a, pu- probably like a publicist that's uh, telling him, we need to wait till the photographers get here. Yeah, make sure the pictures are good. TMZ's here, you know. I didn't I didn't know. No, it was something other than that. I, I don't know what was. I think he just wanted. I don't know what was. Happening. He wanted to make a grand <laughs> entrance, you know. I guess so. Maybe I that's mean, what it was. His it spaceship. His spaceship didn't drop him off. So. <laughs> so yeah, how long? But anyway, we, yeah. we have almost two really good podcasts from this, don't we? Oh wow! It's like a special. Chris Catan <laughs> one. Chris Catan one and two. We'll have, wow. to, we'll have to bring you back it. for for another uh, podcast down the road. Oh, Chris, part three. Know? Let's do it. Absolutely. That'd be great. We could do. Um, you could do Jesse Jackson, and no one will hear it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Chris, before you go, do you? Um, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, you have any anything that's? Uh, uh, I don't know what to. Well, I guess I'll plug my. Sure, I'll plug my book because we're we're talking about that kind of stuff. Absolutely, it's called, yeah. It's called Baby Don't Hurt Me, and you can get it on Amazon and and. Uh, uh, oh, uh, there's an aud- on Audible. I read it on Audible, and uh, I tell my life story there and SNL memories and that's stuff awesome, like man. that. So that's you know, I have a lot of other stuff, but that's a good thing. That's appropriate to talk about that for this yeah. show. And your, okay. social, your social media is all uh, at Chris. Social Kishina, media right? is uh, it's out of control. Oh my god, it's just <laughs> going crazy. It's uh, it's Chris uh, Chris Kattan official. Chris so Kattan official. official right. on I just recently got better at it. Uh, Instagram. I'm trying uh, to get Daryl a little bit better at it. We're we're working on not, it. We're working it's on it. It's a hard. It's just because you don't want to be like, why do I want to show this photo? I don't <laughs> know how to get excited about something. You know, it's it takes a while. But oh, then, I, and then I hate you're like, social media. I can't stand it. But I oh, do. I, I can't. I can only do Instagram. The rest, I'm like, I can't even. Like, I don't even have Facebook, or I do, but I don't look at it. I don't want to. I don't know what to say or talk to other. I do look at what people say sometimes on Twitter. Like if there's a fire or something, like I'll get the latest of something. Yeah, Twitter's know? good for the news. Honestly, I I, right. you know, I hate to admit it, but I do read a lot of stuff on Twitter. But uh, right, yeah, I, Instagram. It's like at least it's pictures, and you can kind of just go through pictures and maybe some right. captions. But 
yeah, I don't know. But um, thank you for joining us today, Chris. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, oh, man, I so had much. a blast. Well, uh, that's Darryl. it for the, you, our, our episode. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much. It was, you were really funny every time. Oh, well, thank you. I, I hope, uh, hope we all learned something from this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was hey, good. Uh, yeah, hey, let's, uh, let's not hang out, though. I was going to say let's hang out, but let's just keep it a... Let's just keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Arms arms length only. Arms length. Yeah. Yeah. Social distanced from we'll admire each other from afar. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it was great having you on, Chris. Thank you so much for doing Thanks, this podcast. Guys. All right. Thank you. All right. And that is our podcast for today, guys. Thank you so much Thanks, uh, to the great Chris Catan for joining us. Uh, like I said, if you guys haven't already done so, please uh, subscribe. Give us five stars if you like it. And uh, make sure you download every week. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Daryl, we'll, uh, we'll have a good one. All right. See you guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye, Chris. Bye, buddy. Bye.